And until we start viewing our teams that way and accurately and efficiently delegating to every member their current capacity and capability and growing them towards the next step, we're never going to reach our potential. This is the Military Sherpa Podcast. Left, right, left leadership insights from America's best. With your Military Sherpa, Mark Tilshire. Welcome back to the Military Sherpa Podcast, everyone. I am your host, Mark, and I am so glad to be back with you today. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different than what we normally do. On most episodes, I try to take a a simple or a complex leadership problem and simplify uh, the solutions using really simple quick tools that you can put into action right away. I always say that I want you to be different at home tonight and different at work tomorrow with all of the time that we spend together. But today I'm going to come from a little bit of a different angle and we're going to do a basic heart check. I want to get into this idea of delegation, but I don't want to put a tool to delegation today. Instead, I want to put a story or an analogy is a better way to say it to delegation. And this is a story or an analogy that I've been using since I was a staff sergeant in the Air Force. I was 21 years inside the United States Air Force. And this is something that I used to tell even back when I was a staff sergeant, just a a lowly E5, if you will. And the story or the analogy that I used to use when it came to delegation and why I didn't necessarily do the work. A lot of people say, don't ask people to do work that you wouldn't do yourself. And there's a lot of people that live by that. And I've always taken exception to that, where when I was a staff sergeant, I viewed certain work as airman work, and I viewed certain work as senior NCO work. And I, as a staff sergeant or as a technical sergeant, I thought that I should have the big desk and that I should have the bigger office and that I should have more of the privileges that came with that rank. And I got that and that idea basically from a chief retired Kevin Chronister, who I uh featured and highlighted in my book and who I talk about almost every time that I get on stage. And one of the things that he told me really early in my leadership journey was, hey, you have to give your people a reason to want to be you, right? If you're taking out the trash and they're taking out the trash, why would they want to be you? Hey, if you're doing everything that they're doing and the only difference between your job and their job is more headaches at your level, then they're not going to want to be you. And when I was in the Air Force, there was an epidemic of young supervisors or young pre-supervisors who didn't want to make rank and they didn't want to make rank because they wanted to do their job and they didn't see promotion, acceleration in their career. They didn't view that as a positive thing. It just looked like something they didn't want to be. And so Chief Chronister at the time was probably a tech sergeant Chronister told me really early this idea that give them a reason to want to be you. And so I I started to do that and I would have the airmen do airmen work and I would do staff sergeant work and my senior NCOs, obviously they were doing the senior NCO work. And the way that I used to explain this, because even then my mind, the way that my mind worked was it couldn't only be about them and inspiring them to want to climb the ladder. There had to be a real reason why airmen work was airmen work and NCO work was NCO work. There had to be a reason behind it. It wouldn't have been enough of an intellectual exercise for me just to say that I wanted them to, to want to grow up and be sitting at the big table. And so as I was wrestling with this in my mind, somewhere along the line, I either picked up the story or came up with the story. I have no idea where it came from. I know one day I just started using it. And I used this idea of the wood shop. I've never worked in a wood shop, but I, work, I used this idea of a wood shop. And in the wood shop, the way that I, I pictured it in my mind is that we were producing this highly skilled product, like a, a small bird carving, right? And for you, that may not seem like a big deal, but let's say that we're producing these incredibly lifelike bird carvings. And these bird carvings, if you sit them down, they look like they're about to literally fly away. And these carvings are made out of wood, but you would believe that they were taxidermy. They were so real and so lifelike that people expect them to take wing and fly away. And they sell for a million dollars a piece. 
I mean, people just cannot get enough of these things. And I started making them and, and I was doing all of the work. I was chopping the wood and shaping it and doing all of these things. And I can only produce so many of them at a time. And then some efficiency expert came in and said, hey, here's what we're going to need to do. If we want to sell as many of these things as we possibly can, there's unlimited demand and very limited supply. Here's how we're going to have to do this. And we're going to have to create four different team members. And the first member, all that they're going to do all day long is they're just going to go into the woods and they're going to chop wood. They're going to bring back as much wood as they can bring back every single day. They're just going to bring wood, bring wood, piles and piles and cords and cords of wood. They're just going to bring it in. And then the next team member, this team member is not going to go out and chop wood and bring wood in. They're actually going to shape the wood or chop the wood into much smaller pieces that are roughly the size or a cube that contains the dimensions of the final product. So a, a five by five cube or whatever of, of wood that is going to ultimately be shaped into a bird. And then the third team member, what this team member is do, going to do is they're going to whittle the bird down into the rough shape of a bird. And so anyone looking from the outside would say, hey, yeah, that's kind of a very blocky bird, but you can kind of tell that those are intended to be wings and that this thing is ultimately going to be a bird. And then the last person in the line, that person would be me. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to take that block of wood and I'm going to start shaping all of the individual feathers and the beak and the pieces. And I'm going to transform that rough piece of wood, that blocky bird into a masterpiece. And that masterpiece is going to get out the door. And to the, the degree to which I can spend every waking minute shaping that bird into the masterpiece that it is, we're going to make oodles and bundles of cash. We're going to get rich as a team. If I, as the person who does the fine detail, get down and start chopping wood, we're going to make less money than we otherwise would. If I take blocks of wood or chunks of wood and I whittle them down into five by five cubes, we're not going to make as much money as we otherwise would. If I was to, to take those blocks of wood and shape them into blocky little birds, we won't make as much money as we otherwise would. And it translates directly to my team. My team and I have this conversation all the time, which is that if I'm every minute that I'm in front of a camera, every minute that I'm doing a Zoom meeting, every minute that I'm standing in front of people, our team and the cause of liberation is advancing and excelling. And there, there's a pile of work on my team that would be considered chopping wood, shaping wood, and building blocky little birds that every second I spend doing those things, our team isn't reaching its highest potential, its highest possible good. And the same thing is true in your organization. Forget rank. We can take airman work and NCO work. That's something that could be emotionally charged, whatever that looks like, right? We, we don't necessarily have to break it down by junior enlisted and non-commissioned officer and senior non-commissioned officer, but we can break it down by skill. What is journeyman work? What is apprentice work? What is master work? And then we need to look at our schedule and say, are we truly being efficient with our time? And this is an alignment conversation. And we can have this alignment conversation if our relationships are strong. If we come into an organization and our relationships are not strong and I sit down and go, hey, teammates, I don't think I should be doing this grunt work anymore because we're going to make more money if I'm focusing on strategy and this and that. There's going to be some hurt feelings because we're not working together. We're not uh, honestly having a conversation about our capacity and our deli and our... So we have to be able to sit down and have a real conversation about what each team member should really be doing. Because if anyone else could do it, it's probably not the work that you need to be spending your time on. Facts. There's probably somebody under you that should be delegated that work and developed into replacing you. And that's the magic. 
is that this whole process works and especially works inside of the military construct. When I look down one level and I say, hey, you're shaping the bird. Good blocky bird. Nice. How do we decrease the amount of wood that you're handing me by about 10%? So it's closer to the final, closer to the final product, closer to the final product until eventually I step away and go, man, you made the, you did it. You made the perfect bird. You can now replace me. That's what Chief Chronister retired. That's what he represents in my life. How do you replace me? And so if the person who's shaping the blocks of wood into little cubes, right? If they're looking at the person chopping wood and saying, hey, someday you're going to replace me. And everybody is moving up. Eventually, we have a wood shop that's producing not only birds, but we're producing elephants and, 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 and giraffes and all of the other things that people may want to buy. And we're going to take and run this analogy just about as far as it can go. But the idea here is that when we specialize, humans win. And we know this because humans all specialize. You don't make your own shoes. You don't make your own gloves. You don't write your own books. You don't make your own computers. The person who makes a computer doesn't make all the components inside. The person who makes the components doesn't drive the truck. And until we start viewing our teams that way and accurately and efficiently delegating to every member their current capacity and capability and growing them towards the next step, we're never going to reach our potential. And worse, when you're called to deploy, God forbid we have war and you have to deploy half of your organization downrange because I remember those days, one-to-one -one dwell ratios, when that moment comes and we have to do these things, your organization falls apart and the people that are left behind have to struggle because they've got to make up the slack. We didn't account. We didn't have a succession plan. We didn't have an alternate that was capable of doing the primary duty. We weren't growing our replacements and we end up putting ourselves in a position that could have been avoided. But never forget, it's always easier in the short term not to. So we have to do the hard work today. We've got to step up and figure out who in our workshop can do the lowest level of work and how do we grow them to the next step, understanding every individual's current capacity. And if you go out to tv.militarysherpa.com and you're looking in the giant toolkit, uh, developing others, this is the tool that we're using here. The apprenticeship square, right? This is the one. And so if you want to go out and dig into this some more and get some practical ideas on delegation, we also have a course, it's effective delegation. So you're going to want to go there too. And I'll put those into the show notes. All right, teammates, that's it. If you want to really dig in, this is really what we do. It's the idea of multiplication. And multiplication is something that we teach all of our military Sherpa certified coaches. We have a bunch, I mean, a, a boatload of courses on the, on the calendar this year. I encourage you, sign up for one, militarysherpa.com. Get military Sherpa coaching certified. Let's stop spending time on programs that aren't comprehensively targeting the skill set of coaching and the mindset of coaching. What are we coaching to? Healthy, high-performing people. Get on board. Join our war against military culture. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Military Sherpa Podcast with Mark Tilshire.